this is Money Talks, powered by the Money School, and our aim is to help you become wealthy. Let's get straight into today's show. Welcome on to this special edition of Money Talks, powered by the Money School. I'm Brad Brown, and with us once again, we've got your money coach, Gary Kale. Gary, welcome. Nice to, nice to touch base once again. Thanks, Brad. Nice to chat to you again. Gary, you've been doing some work of late uh, with a company called South32 and uh, particularly with their staff, and you've been getting uh, some great feedback, doing some financial education with them, but you've been getting uh, one or two great questions with regards to lump sum payments and if people sort of come into money and, and people come into money for various reasons, whether it's a bonus or perhaps an inheritance. And, and it is a great question, and I don't think it's something we've covered here on the podcast before. Before we get into what people should do, how would you describe that sort of type of payment, uh, a windfall that person gets? I mean, what would fall into that, that category? You know, I just I think it's about the amount of money. I think it's about the fact that somebody has received a windfall of money, which is uh, it's not a normal amount of money that they would be depositing into their bank accounts. So it's probably a multiple of salaries that they, that they would be getting at any one time straight away. And um, I understand the question because often this comes with a lot of fear. People are concerned that because of the way that they handle money or because of the large amount of money, it's like, what do I do with this? Um, and people are a little bit sometimes resistant to having large amounts of money. And it's a, you know, from our perspective, it's a fundamental issue because, you know, if, if people, in, in many cases, we find that people can't even handle a small amount of money, never mind a large amount of money. And as you know, you know, creating wealth and financial independence for yourself would mean that you've accumulated a very large amount of money, which you need to be able to maturely handle. So I think that this challenge poses a very good opportunity for people to start to actually kick into practical terms what they should be doing with larger amounts of money. And uh, Gary, I'm sure it's the case as well where, where people will get a payment like this f- f- wherever it comes from and go, you know what, I've been working hard. I work for the last however many years I've been putting in the hours, surely I should be able to spoil myself, take a percentage of it or whatever it is and, 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 and just treat myself or, or do you need to be circumspect when it comes to something like that? How, what advice would you give? Look, I think if you're in a position to spoil yourself a bit, then go ahead. But I think that you are right is that it does take some analysis. I think the first thing to do is just take a deep breath. You know, I mean, ideally what you want to do is before you receive the money is like actually have a plan. So it would be equivalent to somebody going and buying a a car and getting car finance without having even done their budget, which a lot of consumers do. In other words, go and know what kind of vehicle you can afford to buy before you walk onto that shop floor, get all excited about all the bells and whistles and try and then negotiate your way into finance and then not be able to afford it. So this way, I think you've got to have a real look at where do you currently stand financially? Have you been in a situation where you've been accumulating debt and that's the issue? Have you been in a situation where you haven't been investing enough and that really is your challenge to start investing more? Is it a situation where you've got a really good sort of balanced idea but there are other issues like you're concerned that when this kind of large amount of money comes into your family, um, that money may just find many different ways to get spent and you don't want to waste it. So there's different kinds of challenges and maybe we should look at it from all the different angles. Yeah, I, I love that because one of the things I wanted to bring up too, because it's happened to me and I'm sure a lot of people can, can relate to this too, where you do get a, a large sum of money and, and you think to yourself, you know what, it's just 500 rand here or 1,000 rand there. And before you know it, you've, you've blown most of it. So having that plan is so important. Let's talk about tackling it. How do we put that plan in place? What, what should people do? So I think the first thing is that if you are in a family environment 
um, you want to get your team on board with this. Um, sure, I mean, yes, you should do your planning before this situation, but I think that in terms of breaking this to your family, it's important. You know, if, if I was receiving a windfall from a work or a job opportunity, I'd be taking my family out for dinner to say thank you. You know, they're the ones that make the sacrifices while you're working hard and everyone, you know, really wants to feel appreciated and valued. So I think that this is an opportunity to show gratitude to the people who've helped you do what you do. You know, whether it's your wife who's helped with the kids or it's your kids who've been patient and you haven't been there while you're working on a weekend or overtime. Um, and I think that's the point at which you have to raise the topic of your bonus and have a discussion about what your family's financial priority are for the coming year. So, you know, we are in this instance together with this um, podcast that we're recording now, we are going to be providing an infographic um, to our listeners and to, to the staff that have asked this question. Um, so that they can actually take something along and have the discussion or alternatively, you know, say to your family, take a listen to this. But I think it's an opportunity for them to discuss, to debate and to decide as a team how they would like to in advance plan for their financial future. So they want to they want to write down their goals and then get along with it as a team. I think that's the big thing. Now, you know, when we talk about what should be in place, let's let's get some checkpoints in um, for people who are listening to this, I think that the fundamental thing when it comes to a good financial plan is do you have an emergency fund? So this is the kind of money that's available when really you need it. You know, if the car's broken down, the car needs tires or, you know, the geezer's blown at home or um, your kids absolutely have a certain amount of money because um, they have to have it for school and it's school books and you haven't funded it or you haven't saved for it. But the emergency fund is there to protect your investment plans, and to protect your, protect your debt elimination plan. So financial emergency is not whether they're going to happen or if they're going to happen. It, it's just a matter of they are going to happen, not being negative, but they do. People get sick, cars break down, and things can cost money. And often when people are least prepared to deal with this, this is when it happens. So if you don't have an emergency fund, you're going to have to find the money by using your credit card or cashing in investments. And this is why I say it's there to protect a debt elimination plan or an investment plan. So if somebody does have a windfall of money, I think one of the things that they should consider doing is setting up like a seven-day call account at their bank you know, or a 30-day call account, which basically means that they can't access the money without wait, waiting seven or 30 days for it. So essentially what they do is they should take, we believe that you should have at least 50% of one month's salary sitting in an emergency fund. So if something happens and oops, is generally relative to about half your salary, whether it's the tires, whether it's like a major issue. But the key is, is that even if you do access this money, you need to make sure that you get focused on putting that savings back in there so that you've got that distance between you and a financial emergency. So I think that the first place to, of discussion is do we have an emergency fund? Yeah, and that safety net is, is really helpful, and, and, and that's the foundation, particularly when you start talking about building wealth over and above that, is, is to have that in place because, uh, as you say, the last thing you want to do is be cashing in investments when you have an emergency because you're not selling on your terms, you're selling on someone else's terms. Well, that's it. You know, Brad, we've had hundreds of people go through our program at South 32, and these guys have been, they've just been so successful. The feedback we've seen, the change in metrics – Guys have really started investing and building their assets and getting on top of paying off their debts. And the last thing you want to find is that six months down the line, they cash in that investment or they, they just have to start leaning back on credit cards and overdraft facilities and all sorts of things. And it's pretty much demoralizing and it can, it can really 
push you off track in terms of what your financial goals are. So I think that brings me to the next issue is like, do you have debt? And what kind of debt do you have? Because there's various different levels of debt. So, you know, if somebody has a lot of short-term debt, um, it, it, it can, debt is expensive and it can cost you a lot. It's not only in money, but also in terms of years you spend paying it back. So there's a huge opportunity cost. So while you're busy paying off your debt, you should be putting more money into owning your house or into assets or, you know, investing for your financial future to create your own stability so that you don't have to work for the rest of your life. So that at some point you do have enough of your own money to be financially independent. So, you know, if somebody's got a lot of short-term debt, this could be a very quick win for them. You know, they could take the smallest amount of debt that they repay every single month, pay that debt in full. And also, you know, then the, then take the next one and the next one and the next one and just see how much of that debt they could pay through. So I would say step one, make sure you've got the emergency fund. Step two, go and take a look at some of their debt and see if you can pay your way through it. Because let's say, for instance, somebody could get rid of 20, 30 or 40,000 rands worth of short-term debt by just injecting some of their um, lump sum that they've received into paying off that debt. That would effectively reduce a monthly repayment of around three to 4,000 rand a month of short-term debt, which means that the household now going forward has three to 4,000 rand a month of better cash flow, as an example. We also have another issue where potentially somebody really was in serious trouble. They went and got themselves into debt counseling as a solution, which we believe very strongly in. And in this instance, they could phone the debt counselor and negotiate hard. They could tell the debt counselor that they've got some extra money available and would like to negotiate settlement amounts. In other words, reduce the capital amounts on some or all of the outstanding debt. So this could reduce the time that they're under debt review by months or even possibly years. Now, if somebody doesn't have debt, then possibly they're paying off a bond. So if they play it smart and they pay, for instance, an additional 10%, into their bond every single month, or in the case of a of a lump sum, they could substantially reduce the amount of money that they pay to the institution. So once again, if they had to, for instance, uh, you know, I know that in some instances people can receive some considerably large lump sum payments. So if somebody had to go and put fifty thousand rand into a bond, you know, that would permanently, if you you know just do the calculation on a new bond could permanently remove around 500 rand a month over a 20-year period. You know, you go through that calculation and you see how much money that would save you. 240 months at, at 500 rand is, you know, just straight off the bat without interest, it's 120,000 rand saving. So that I think what people need to understand is the power of the lump sum, is that when you make the injection, it, you actually multiply the value. You know, you've put the blood, sweat, and tears into making the money and receiving this lump sum. When you go and stick it into an asset like a house, you know, it's going to pay you and actually just over years and years and years become much more money than the original amount that you stuck into the bond. Absolutely. And, and Gary, you, you talk about going and, and if somebody does have a bit of short-term debt, the danger there is slipping back into going, I've, I've, I've opened up all these lines of credit once again, and before you know it, six months down the line, you, you've maxed those cards out again. So you've got to be, if you are going to go that route, you've got to be very, very careful and, and pretty disciplined with, with that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's a good point. And I think that if somebody is paying off an account, you must close it. You know, this is not a short-term strategy. This is a long-term play, and unfortunately, what's, what's got people into the debt situation is they've made lots of short-term decisions to try and cater for a long-term problem. In other words, 
They permanently have a money problem, but they make a short-term decision to try and find some money this month by opening up a store account or getting a credit card or just, 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 just extending themselves too far. So you're right. When those cards are paid or the debt is repaid, get rid of it, get it in writing, phone the institution, ask them to close it, and then send it to you in writing to confirm that this is no longer the way that you work with money. Brilliant. Gary, is there anything else uh, you think we've missed or have we pretty much covered it? So I think that, you know, depending on when uh, when people receive the lump sum, I mean, I think that, you know, planning for the new year is also really important because, you know, as, as we're talking about this now, we, 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 we're in September. And I know that South Africans are notorious for starting the new year on a financial back foot. So too much spending on holidays and festivities over December and January. It's usually on credits. It means that people are going to be paying off um, for months and months into the new year, actually shortening their cash flow. So never mind what happens, you know, when when you need to kid out your kids in new school uniforms or the new year. So effectively, I think this would be a good time for people to also be making a budget, just re-looking at what their expenses are, what they're going to be spending over the festive season, and make sure that they're very rigid about not getting themselves into that debt situation again. So in other words, I'm not suggesting that they should just go and pay for a holiday now. I'm saying do your checkpoints. Check if you've got the emergency funds. Check if you're, you've got a debt situation that needs that cash flow because certainly that would free you up on a permanent basis if you got rid of the debt. But then also make sure that you're planning going forward that you haven't just got rid of the debt and getting yourself back into debt. So I think that you know with December holiday coming up, I would be putting together like a limited budget, taking into consideration what my cash flow looks like because remember, you know, November salary that you get at the end of November is actually for December. And the money that you get in December, whether it's paid to you early or not, is actually for January. So I would be doing that. And I think that, you know, if you've taken all of these basic steps and you've still got some money left over from the windfall, then now's the time you can really start making headway in terms of your financial goals. You know, by figuring out the returns that you're going to get or, you know, how you want to invest and where you're going to invest. And this would be a good time for you to sit down with a financial planner to discuss how you're going to put together your plan to develop your assets, achieve your financial independence and your freedom going forward. So I think I would do it in that order. The emergency fund, pay off the debts, plan for the immediate to, to next year, see what your cash flow situation looks like. If there's some money, give yourself a bit of a spoil. But I can tell you if you can get focused and there's still money there, then I would be, I would be you know, investing it hard. So if somebody's listening to this that has absolutely no debt, They've got an emergency fund. They've made good headway on paying off their bond. I'd certainly put some extra money into it, but this is a good time for you to really accelerate your investment strategies. Um, and, you know, if you can, give yourself a bit of a treat. But I think you must be really real about what your financial position is and the fact that this is a real amazing opportunity for you to accelerate what you've potentially been trying to do for years because many people sit around wishing that they could have more, be more, do more. But he has an opportunity to really just cover a huge amount of ground. And I think that instead of fearing this, I would grab this with both hands and put a good plan into action. I think that's some great advice. As always, Gary Kell, great to catch up. If you'd like to find out more and read the show notes, head over to themoneyschool.co.za. Until next time, from myself, Brad Brown, and your money coach, Gary Kell, it's cheers. Thank you for listening to Money Talks powered by The Money School. To find out more about The Money School, head over to themoneyschool.co.za.